And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. Three ah! are United States Astro Robots. They come a creature of death. Oh. And they. We have come here to this planet for. One purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast, from class to cults and the cheese in between. The movies are B, the entertainment is grade A. And I'm your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. And again, I'm joined by my editor, Al Giaconetti. Yeah, good to be with you again, Jay. Uh, Jay, who says that sequels are sometimes better than the original? Let us discuss today's film, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. And we'll get to it right after this. The nightmare began with Silent Night, Deadly Night. Need a ride, Santa Claus? Oh, no, not exactly. But it isn't over yet. In fact, the ultimate nightmare is about to begin. All over again. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. All Ricky ever wanted was a little kindness. Very, very naughty. And all he ever got was pain. She was naughty. Now he wants revenge. And this time... Garbage day! He's going to get it. Step by step, weapon by weapon. Victim by victim. The terror's coming home, and he's all grown up. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. I've got a present for you! Terrifying suspense shocker you've been waiting for. Last time it thrilled you. This time. Bingo! It'll kill you. Silent Night Releasing Corporation presents. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. Mm. 
Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 was released April 10th, 1987. Yes, a Christmas movie released in April. So, with a running time of 88 minutes. Your director is Lee Harry. He also wrote the screenplay. Um, your main star is Eric Freeman. We don't know why, but he was. I know why he was, I know he was cast. He was cast because he was better looking than the actual... The only two people they had for the final part. One who can act and one was pretty. The pretty guy got it. Yeah. You know, because his eyebrows tell you. Um, your... Uh, like I said, so your budget for this is $100,000. You're thinking, okay, maybe $700,000. This movie made total grossing $154,323. So a profit of... $54,323. Basically, nothing. This movie made basically nothing. So, this movie, and I'm going to say this now, and we can talk about the whole thing we go through, um, is a direct sequel, to, supposedly, quote-unquote, direct sequel to 1984's uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which we covered last Christmas. Again, this is the Christmas episodes. We're covering right. it a year ago. Um, a movie that we both enjoy. In fact, the unrated version, if you've never seen it, is what you should be watching, because that's the, the unrated version is much better than the cut-up version, obviously. Um, what you're going to get here is uh, that movie again, and then, uh, you know, some uh, extra parts. So this film uh, was filmed in 10 total days, right? Um, and the entire part in the interrogation room, uh, which is a good chunk of this movie, was filmed in two days. That's it. And I think it was edited, I feel like it was edited in about 37 minutes, and then they kind of slapped it on the screen. So, you know, it's funny because when you think about it at the time, this was right in the right in the, the wheelhouse of all the slasher movies, and, uh, and it's yeah. a little late. It's eighty seven. Yeah, but again, it, you know, this is well, maybe now the teenagers are now young adults. I mean, not young adults, but uh, you know, young twenty somethings who aren't going to see this. Who aren't going to yeah. see this? They were trying to catch on the new. This is this is in that weird time, and some people will hate me because they're like, "Oh, my favorite movie came out in eighty eight. That's great." There's a the slasher movies of the early eighties, the really good ones. Um, kind of set the bar. You're now in franchise. This is now the franchise part of it. Right. I don't mean Shane Douglas. The franchise part of me, like, you're now into, like, the middle of the Friday the 13th, the middle of the Halloweens. This is when the Halloweens got bad. This is four, five, six. This is the worst Halloweens we ever saw. You know, kind of thing. This is when you had, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you had seven, part, Friday the 13th, part seven, which is great, but then you had part eight, which is disappointing because it's cut to ribbons. You had, um, six, which is really good, but you had five, which was the one where Jason's not even in it. Like it's it's all the it's it's you're at you're, you're yeah, at the point where if you have a series of bad movies that, yeah. that are all related into like a slasher setup, yeah, it just uh, kind of just gets in that thing. You just that this is a sequel to this. Johnny come lately, right? This yeah. sequel came too late. Yeah, the problem is this sequel needed to happen closer to '84, but at, when that when but remember the controversy? They didn't that movie almost didn't even they, right. Remember, it didn't make any money because they pulled it from theaters. Within a week, it was, yeah. but and it, it has become a cult classic, and it's a really good film, which just was pulled. This movie should have been, you know, DOA, but they let us put it in the theater. So, um, so our sequel picks up on Christmas Eve, four years after the first movie, with Ricky Caldwell now an eight, his the eighteen year old brother of the first film's killer, now being held at a mental hospital um, and sentenced there for life after after a trial, which he's been a series of murders committed. Uh, we be uh, while being interviewed by the psychiatrist, who's Dr. Henry Bloom. Ricky tells him the story of the murders. Uh, starts going into detail about why he committed these murders. Now we then watch forty minutes, minutes. 
of the original. Spaced, yeah. spaced out. Well, he, he, every once in a while he comes on and gives you a few eyebrow raises and like, then he did. And it's like, oh, wait, buddy. Like, he, he would, he is overacting for a soda commercial. Okay? Like, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but he really is emoting a lot with his eyebrows. And he, and he, way he talks. And he's a good looking guy, which is why they got yeah, him. And he's built. He's yeah. Really. But you know, the thing is, when you look at the young Ricky in the first one, when, I remember the very end when he goes, naughty, naughty, after they kill his brother. He looks a lot like that kid, which yeah. is how he got the role. Um, I wish I was kidding, but it's really how he got the role. Um, and so we now go through. And of course, the main rule of any movie is don't remind people of a better movie than your movie. And they show you that they cut out all the talking. And it's basically the, you know, the, the hits. Yeah. And they show them to you. You know, and again, it's not the unrated kills, so it's not the extended parts of the kills and stuff like that. Like, we, we get Leona Quigley, you know, with her, her breast hanging out, being slammed into the thing, but it's not the leering shot of there and whatever. My problem with some of the this stuff is there's stuff that there's no way Ricky could possibly know because his brother never told him this stuff. Like, we're hearing it in flashbacks, they're, so they're showing us the movie. He was a little kid at the orphanage. His brother was killing these people. It all happened in one night. He never told him. Right. What he has the thing is he had again. He has the flashback when he's a baby, and yes, and, <laughs> and, and Bloom says he, he says how would you know how that happened? Well, but he says my brother told me. Yeah. And that makes sense. And his brother relaying the other stories. He's there when his brother is when he catches the two people uh, having sex. He he's there for all those things, but he's not there. For when he goes on the killing spree Christmas Eve night and is murdering everybody. He couldn't possibly know that the police went to the house and almost shot the father. He couldn't know those things. But let's be honest. If you're going to show basically the first movie in flashback, you're going to show the best parts. Yeah, yeah you're going to show all of them. Yeah. And 40 minutes out of an 88-minute running time. So remember the mummies back in the yeah, 40s? Yeah. And they were like, hey, remember what happened in that other film? Let me show you that other film. Let me show you that other film. Oh, the with the mummy. Some of those mummies movies didn't run more than no. 75 minutes. 75? Some run 65, 65, and they have at least 30 minutes of filler. Right. And, and, and they have stock footage. <laughs> the one thing about this is, though, um, so I, it's hard for us to kind of review the original in this movie. It's fine. It's there. I enjoy those scenes. I mean, it, they're well shot. They're well done. Yeah. We talked about it last year. If you haven't heard that episode, go back to last Christmas and listen to it where we talk about it. Yeah, that's what I wrote here. I said, I said, if there was a way that we could replay yeah. the, the last year's thing and then dovetail this right. on that. So when we get to, okay, so um, Ricky tells the stories of through flashbacks. The flashbacks were have new shots uh, to make Ricky appear in more of Billy's original story. Like they kind of have, it's, he's not there for something, but like they made sure they show this part where they're outside. Like, hey, look, it's, it's Santa Claus. And that's when the, he tells you it's the janitor. It's not. It's the priest who's deaf who gets shot by the cop and whatever. Right. So then after this, Ricky starts telling his own story. And this is where really the movie begins. So 40 minutes in, if, you're, if you've got, it's, I think it's 39 minutes and like 38 seconds, is when we really start getting Ricky's story. And to be honest, Ricky's story is not, it's not derivative as you would think it would be, which I liked. I liked the idea that they didn't just rehash, hey, let's tell you the other story again. They, they tell you all the other story, and then they give you a very different story, right? Yeah, now, this is supposed to be Christmas Eve when this is all occurring, and all these things have now happened in the past. He's now a killer kind of thing, whatever, right? Well, I, everything he's telling you happens in the past, and they, then they eventually catch up. So after Billy's death, um, he's adopted and given a good upbringing, 
um, by the the family. Like the, he's he's got a family there. The, he said Rosenberg. The Rosenberg, right? He goes, it's a Jewish family, so they didn't celebrate Christmas, which was perfect. Um, but they were still loving and right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. No, but the thing is, but he didn't have to worry about Christmas happening, right? And that's the scene you see on the street where he's trying oh. to, and the two nuns are walking that down is, there. That is one of the that is the most effective scene. Forgetting about the kilts, as as in the whole movie, in no, the whole yeah, movie, yeah. the two nuns walking down, it they almost look like the nun. They, they again, this is from a distance in the movie, the nun. Wait, wait, but yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. The, the two of them walking down. Well, of course, they're, they're kind of out of focus. And they're coming more into focus, I mean, more into focus. Yeah. Nothing, and they're not yeah. doing anything malicious. They're just no, walking down the street. Walking down the street. I mean, it was to 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 some extent the the uh, the fear that's on the boy's face was almost like the the, the, the fear of the of um, uh, in the Shining when the boy's on the the tricycle and yeah, he sees yeah. the two girls. Yeah, the fear on his face. Yeah. That's a very effective scene. Right, and I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought it worked well, and I think that's what, and that's, and that's, the, I think the disappointing part in this one of this movie is that's really well, that's shot well. That's yeah. that's got a good scene, okay. And the mother doesn't understand until she looks and sees in the, in the window the the Santa Claus stuff, and then there's the nuns in there, and she's like, oh, I understand, because and that's when they're like, well, what's wrong with this kid and whatever? Like he's been, and then that's the sister's like, he's been traumatized and whatever, and all of that stuff makes sense, and I'm like, okay, this isn't too bad, and I can kind of get past the guy kind of overacting in the scenes where he is because the kid was good yeah. you know kind of thing um and then uh where are we here um so after his father his foster father dies uh ricky loses his composure and starts that's when he kind of starts losing it because so now his mother's grief stricken right kind of thing and he looked at the foster father like, he had a good life and once he dies he kind of kind of goes off and he goes for his he go for long walks he would say right and that's when we see um you know he uh the um the the boyfriend um okay so the i don't know if it's a boyfriend the guy and the woman are sitting having a picnic, a picnic and then he gets very rapey um and so what happens she uh she smacks him and then uh kind of kicks him and he walks back to the jeep and i don't know how he doesn't see him in the jeep but he's yeah. he's he magically appears in the jeep and then runs him over several times and it was kind of and this is why this movie is considered a black comedy is that like oh it's funny because uh, you know he's he's comically running him over and he's overacting. It's like okay, but it's not meant to be like that. It's meant to be that he's killing this guy, right? Right, and he's running him over with the jeep, and he's just a young kid at this time. Like he's he's like it's supposed to be like a, like the teenager. He's seventeen. Yeah, right. So, so what happens? The woman comes over and says thank you, and it looks like he might go to kill her, but she's done nothing wrong. So he stops. And walks away. Yeah, and, and she just when she says thank you, I mean the guy's dead. Yeah, well, but you know what? He's kind of rapey, and and, he, no, no, and he's but, been that way before. But that's what is, she's saying. I mean, but he he had she was not displeased with him until he had to say too many beers and he started to be groping. Well, but he ripped her shirt off. He tried right. to rape her, Dad. That's the whole but, thing. But there was no reason for her to say thank you. Well, okay. But, I mean, especially since you know he's. He, he doesn't just run him over once. So it's back, forward, 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 back, forward, forward. Forward. That's from that's from Jeepers Creepers. You yeah. never can you never know until they're dead. You just keep running them over. But that's why people say it's a comedy. Like, oh, it's so it's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, but it's not meant. This movie isn't played for laughs. This movie is played to be serious. And that's I think part of the problem is that the guy playing it thinks he's being so serious all the time. He this is too much. Yeah. Um, so um, a chance at normal life appears when he starts dating Jennifer Statson. Now Jennifer. Here, um, that actress would go on um, to be in um, 
uh, what the heck's her name? So uh, that's Elizabeth uh, Catan. She would go on to be in Friday the 13th Part 7. She plays the ditzy girl who goes and smokes pot with the guy and shockingly gets murdered and thrown out a window. Um, and then when you watch the movie, you can tell it's a guy getting thrown out the window because it's, she's way too big when she hits the ground, but then it's her. Um, but it's okay. Um, and so he's now going to be, so now he's dating her. So they go to the movie, and that's the movie, of course, is about... Yeah, but I think you, you, what? You, you've, you've missed the uh, the scene with the where, where the guy... The, the, the mobster has is, is got the... Uh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. I mean, that's a classic. Okay. So, as he's now fully grown, he's at a job. Okay. Yeah, right. He has a job working in a kitchen. kitchen. And there's a guy who's, uh, you know, he's got somebody who owes him money. Whether he's a mobster or not, it's kind of hard to tell. He's a he's a, a street tough, right, you know, kind of thing. And he's threatening to beat this guy up. And he, then he starts beating him. Yeah, and he kind of starts getting So then Ricky interjects himself. And the guy's like, "What are you gonna do?" And he, Ricky, kills him by putting the umbrella. The the, uh, the I thought that was he puts the well, he puts the umbrella through him and then opens it. Right. And then the best is when it falls over. You now can't see the dead body because the the umbrella hides all evil. Right. But, but there's blood everywhere. Right, but you know what the scene looked like when when, when the guy's dead? It looked like the, the spitter diner from uh, Dino from uh, Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, I thought that was pretty yeah, good. I because, forget, yeah, yeah. No, because when he when, when he when he gets when he gets these urgings. Uh, He's, it's always punish, punish, you know, or... But it's or, the same thing, it's, but it's yeah, just... Yeah, but it's, he, 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 he was throwing the garbage out, and everything was fine. And then he sees the, the, the I'll, I'll use the, the, the yeah. word gangster, beating the living daylights out of this guy right. because he owes him money. And it, it triggers, I, I've got to say, not that he wants to save the guy because he doesn't do anything for the guy. No, he doesn't care, but he just wants to punish he the guy. He wants bear. to punish the guy for doing a bad thing. And so his character stays... In character. Well, no, it's not that the story ever changes. The, right. the problem, I think the issue is they tried to make the movie as cheap as they can. So they hired people who had no acting experience. Right. And it shows. If you had people who actually were better actors. Okay. So remember way back in August when we covered Friday the 13th, yeah. right? They went and got people from who were young, for, who were Broadway right. trained. That's where you got Kevin Bacon. And people who eventually would go on, even if they never went on to any make any more movies, they went on to like be in movies and the, it, you you believed those people, right? Even if you didn't think the movie was very you know bright, you believed like, well, I believe Kevin Bacon's in it. I believe I, mean, I believe these characters who they are. He's the problem is uh, he kind of is too much. Like, oh yeah, right. You got to kind of like now yeah, he over, looks. He's overacting. He looks great, but he's overacting too much. If you dialed him back, I think the movie itself gets better because you're like, okay, I could believe this. Right. Like it's just he's too kind of cartoony. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a yeah. good word. You know, and, the, and the thing is, right after right after he relates that he killed the the guy in the in the in the, in the street there, the the doctor, Doctor Bloom, yeah. uh, he's he's got the tape recorder going. He takes it, and, and he knows now that red triggers a lot of things. It looks like blood. He takes his uh, his handkerchief out with his, the big B in red, yeah. and he goes to wipe his thing. He's like, he gets, he and, he gets, and he gets scared, and he sticks it back in his pocket. Well, but that's also, he's like, well, I didn't know about this. I didn't know, like, they didn't know about these other murders. The only thing they know about is the one that's coming up. Right. And they don't know about these other murders. So now he's telling them all about the murders. This is now the 13th different doctor that's tried to, yeah, you know, get the, story. get the story right, right? Okay, so um, so now, he, now he's he meets, that's when he's backing his bike up, and Jen hits him with her car. And he acted way too chill about getting hit by a, you know, getting knocked over. Well, they, I mean, they, hey, she, has, she has the shortest miniskirt on. 
No, no, but, but I'm saying is, but the problem looking, is, he looks at her ankles and then yeah, no, nice I know, legs, I understand, nice thighs, and I know, okay, yeah, and I get it, but I'm saying, but she hits him. It's not that big of an impact, but he takes a big spill off his bike, and I'm like, oh my god, he, like everything was done. Okay, so there's a thing when you like you're acting like you're a third grader in a play. I'm on the stage Strange. acting, you know, right. kind of thing, and you're like, oh boy, buddy, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> like. And it, like, even taking the spill off the bike, oh, like as if he was falling off a cliff. Um, but again, and so now he has the relationship with her. And that's where we get to the scene. Now they're in the movie theater. Um, and they're going to see the movie. It's about a killer Santa Claus. And what do they show for the movie? They show the beginning of Silent Deadly Night 1, where the guy robs the bank right. and shoots him. Or not the bank, the, uh, the store clerk. And shoots him. And I'm like, okay. But... If you look, it's the exact same car that Santa Claus is standing next to in the story they just retold in the flashback. But, again, you have to accept it at this point, right? Well, there's a guy being a jerk in the back, right. making noises. So, uh, you know, uh, Ricky excuses himself to go deal with this jerk. And then that's when um, Chip, uh, who's the ex-boyfriend who is, God, he looks like a moron and a half. But he's like... And he's he's now hitting on her again, and in the movie theater. in the movie theater where there's no, I mean, literally a movie theater that's maybe the size of the dining room table. Like it's not, it's the smallest theater ever. And it's, and it's the girl he's with is at the it's end of the aisle. aisle, you know, whatever. And it's just, I don't know. And it's, you know, the, the thing with this is that what was what was really it, it was the guy who's the jerk in the back, the typical, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 typical yeah. thing. But there's there's a, a, a husband and a wife sitting in front of him. The wife is obviously, yeah. she's getting skeevy. The husband is just staring blankly at the screen. Right. Because and, he, and he doesn't blink. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't even turn around to say something. Right. Right. Because the guy's a jerk behind him, and he's afraid he's going to get his butt kicked. No, it's because he's told him, you look forward. Got it. I am acting. Oh, no, no, yeah. That is what it is. That it is, it is acting. It is, instead of going, they could have gone to, like, the high school production of whatever. Yeah, but the husband, the husband never turns around. He says, he says that to, uh, to Ricky. He says no, that. I, listen to what I'm saying, Dad. Oh, the yeah. husband never moves because right. he is acting. Yes. And the wife, they said, act like he's being, okay, okay. And she's, they keep doing the same things. Right. They look like a gif, like, like <laughs> the animated gifs. It's like, what? Like, it just, it, it just, that's why people say this must be, this must be a comedy. Because yeah. it's, but it's no, it's just, this is what happens when you have people who don't know how to act it. When the camera goes on, they freeze, right? right. They probably are very gregarious, nice people right. in real life. You know, I hope so, because if that's the way they walk around, then good Lord. But like, that's the problem. So he goes back there and he deals with the, the, the jerk. Right. And, you know. and now that's when you can see that there was no budget here. Because instead of shooting him beating the guy up, all you see is the guy laying on the ground with his legs yeah, flailing right. in the air. So that was that was the, the gratuitous scene of the just let's get through this without yeah. spending another dime. Right. So but, but the movie theater the movie theater scene sets up the next scene. Because well, I thought that the movie theater scene, until I saw the next scene, I said that they didn't even need this in the movie. They could have saved another another eight dollars and sixty two cents of film. Yeah, right. So what happens, the problem is that then he's back now he's stealthily back. He's pretty good about getting places quickly and stealthily. And he, on, the and other side, on the other side, where there's a wall. Because I don't know how he got there. So unless he went around to the front and then climbed over all the seats. And meanwhile, Chip, Chip is still, you know, because at that point, we need to know is that Chip and and uh, Jennifer have slept together. 
right? Right. In the backseat of his car. That's that's really what this scene establishes. We couldn't possibly have had that established any other way. It must have been in this scene. And the magic piece, he's here. And she's like, oh, you're back. I'm like, oh. right? And so what happens, obviously, now is Chip is going to have to get his comeuppance, right? So, again, they go out. Now they're on the street. And magically, uh, on that same street, Chip has got a problem with his car. But he's, okay, I don't understand what Chip is supposed to be, right? It's the 1980s, so I get that, right? But he's kind of dressed like he lives in the 60s, 60s except yeah. he's got, like, a punk hairdo. And, like, you're saying, well, Jay, you don't understand the punk lifestyle. I got it. It was like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right, but I'm saying is, but, like, we, we looked at what punks looked like when we talked about Return of the Living Dead. We've seen punks in other movies. He don't look like a punk. He kind of looks like a moron. Right, you know, kind of thing. Or, you know that he's 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 been he's a rich moron. Well, I guess so, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Like he he kind of looks like a poser more than anything else. He like he wants you to believe he's like this bad boy, but he's not. And I don't know. It's 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 hard to describe. I mean, when, but but it's really funny though. Hang on. But it's, but the funny part is, so he's got the car open, whatever, and so that's got. I mean, talk about it had to be the eighties. The thing that's going to charge the battery. That whatever that is, the jumper cables. But but it's not what's attached to jumper cables. Don't have a power source. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, no, he's the, all the, it's well, a no, jumper. No, no, the the the, the jump box. It's a jump right. box. It's a jump. Box. It's a jump box. So literally, a jump uh, box. Now, what does a jump box look like? Now, it's a little square. We all have one yeah. in our car, right? Kind of thing, yeah. right? So okay, so it's a jump box. So basically, it's like a car battery hooked up to you know jumper cables jumper going cables. to his car battery, but it's got a little level on it. And, and again, I don't know how that one works, but it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Well, back in the '80s, I got to tell you this: I have one down the down the garage, which we don't use anymore. But it was if your battery was low, you could plug it in and and put the thing, and it would recharge the battery overnight. So there there could be some sort of a okay. of, of a box. But no, but the thing is, you could take the the, the red the red cable off and put your finger on it, and it's not going to do anything no, right. to you, right? Exactly. No, it's but they're acting as if like you literally have like a diesel truck battery right, <laughs> attached to this thing, which would explode his battery. But um, so of course he goes over and he's again Chip, you know, ever the the uh, gentleman starts in on Jennifer, um, and then of course Ricky gets in his face and he's like, oh, he speaks, and he goes and he tells them that he they slept together, which then requires Ricky to then attach the jumpers to the uh, to, to to now to Chip. And to fry him, right? right? And I'm like, oh boy, that kind of thing. And this this is where, so when we okay, when we talk about movies that were made cheaply, and I mean this is this movie was made yeah. on the super cheap. Usually we're talking like, eh, okay, I mean not, not movies made in the 40s and 50s that like you know two hundred thousand dollars online. Hey, you got like even Friday the Thirteenth made in 1980, seven years before this, and it had five hundred fifty thousand dollars. But it had Tom Savini's top like special effects. They look good. I mean, right. it makes sense. Okay, good. <sighs> Like I, I'm just, I, I am not a special effects guy. I don't have never made movies, but I've made prosthetics for movies. I've done makeups yep. that have been used on camera and stuff like that. But I'm certainly not a professional. I don't think the guy here was a professional. I'm not trying to disparage the guy, but like, what? Like, like, just it looks fake. Yes. Like things look fake, and I get it that like, they're trying to you know whatever, but it just looks fake. It's not like nothing that it, it we know it is, but it just looks bad. Um. Anyway. So he kills Chip by electrocuting with the jumper cable attached to the car. Uh, Jennifer watches and then uses the. Um, so then she goes running. He uses the car antenna. I think technically that's what it is, right? Yeah. And he strangles her with it. 
And it's like, okay, like then magically well, because what she because then she gets just like just like uh, uh, I guess we we had said this before that she gets mad at him for killing the guy, which is exactly what happens in the first one when uh, when he when the, the guy is raping her, ripping her shirt open, right? And he goes in and he he kills him by strangling him with right. that, and, and then she goes crazy on him and he winds up killing her, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Is so it's a it's that's so taken it, that's taken so, right from the first so what, movie. So what is it? A tease? I mean. In, a, in the first movie, she's getting, she's saying, no, 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 well, no, she gets, no, no, no. He no, rips no. her shirt open. Right. And he starts ripping and her, then, her. And then he kills her. I mean, he kills, he kills him. And now she's all of a sudden, you just killed my boyfriend. Well, no, you want her boyfriend. Well, well, no, well, she, she killed him. Why'd you kill him? You're crazy. And then she starts attacking him. Instead of being, wait, instead of saying thank you, like what happened the <laughs> first time in, in this movie, she's, so she loses her mind to him. So he kills her. Yeah, right? And, think, and then magically, the rent cop shows up. Oh, the, the security guard. He's not even a cop. He's the security guard. And it says security guard on his sleeve. You know how he got that role? He had the uniform. That's right. You know, he's like, I'm going to work later. Wait, want to make a movie? You know, kind of thing. He could have been the security guard. He probably was the security on, guard on the site, right? So he, goes, hey, he takes that gun out. I know how to use, <laughs> I know how to use, use this. this. And he puts it right in his no, nose. But here's the worst part. He not, only know, he not only does he have a loaded gun, the safety was off. Right. Right? Men didn't pop the safety off. The safety was off. He cocks the hammer, right? And I don't mean a surge revolver. It's like an it's actual. A, it's a. It's more than a thirty-eight. It's yeah, a forty-five. The four, yeah, right. He. But what are you doing? I mean, right? putting it right to his nose. But the, this guy is more of a jerk than Barney Fife. Oh God! So, um, security guard, right? Okay, so, okay. He grabs the guard's gun and shoots him in the forehead. Now, he just kind of quickly, and the gun is off, and the guy's dead. You never see the shot because they can't have. They couldn't no, afford they to do they, squib. They've got a, an a India, fake an India, an India. No, 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 no. You know, he has the what do you call? It? He has the the, the hole oh, in his head, but there's no back wound. That kind of okay. So if you put a gun to someone's forehead, it would have blown at least some of the back of his head out. No, he has a little tiny hole in the front of his head, and he's dead. But they didn't show the squib because squib costs too much to do. Which is right. Junk. So he kind of quickly grabs the gun. So it's like, ah, oh, oh. and they, they, they install a shot sound and the guy's dead. Right. It's just like I said, it's like having an India red dot in the middle of the, middle of the forehead. Right. But, um, so, uh, wait, so then he grabs the guy's gun and then goes on a shooting spree for absolutely no reason. Now, um, he, okay, he kills at least three more people throughout the suburb, including one man taking out the garbage, which is where the most famous line from this entire movie, Garbage Day, comes from. And that's become a meme all over the place. And people are like, it's so funny, and have no clue where it's from. Um, and they think it's all a big okay. joke, and that's what this movie is famous for. And that's okay. why this movie is famous for Garbage Day, and the fact that his eyebrows go up and down 130 times. Um, so he... He gets in a standoff, whatever, and he tries to commit suicide. Um, but of course, he's out of bullets. Yeah, and again, that's. The, 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 no, I didn't count I, the bullets. I, I didn't. You know okay. why? I didn't bother counting the bullets. Here's why: one, this movie, if if it's right, I'll be absolutely shocked. That only because they had real bullets in a gun, he was shooting people. Two is they have done nothing continuity-wise that made any sense right. yet, Dad. And this thing, this thing, I I I, I applauded that. I said, well, he he. Can't. He shot the guard. He shot the guy with the trash can, and then he shoots the the the, the guy at the house for no reason. For no, no reason, reason. Yeah. because he's standing there. Yeah. And then then the then the, the car comes at him. Yeah. And he shoots three times. 
I said, you're out of bullets, man. Yeah. And then I said, if he tries to kill himself, and, the, and I said, the gun can't go off, but he can't shoot anybody else. And after he shoots the three the three shots into the into the car, it explodes. It, it, well, well, it, it, it flips and explodes, and I'm like, cars don't explode like that. But okay, but well, so that's all the money. That yeah, was all the special effects money. Yeah. So then then he walks down the street, and then when he the next scene you see, he he must have a, a come to Jesus moment, and he puts the gun to his head, and it doesn't go off. And I said, thank well, you. It clicks. It doesn't I said, fire. I right. said, thank you, God. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For no other continuity in this movie, literally, how he's able to teleport where he needs to go. And get into seats that he's no way he could possibly be in. He had no alcohol. So, so we cut back to present day where Ricky kills Dr. Bloom and escapes the mental hospital, right? Um, and then on his way out, now that he's escaped, he murders a Salvation Army Santa. We don't see any of this. Um, and then and steals his costume, right? So we, we guess it's just all shown. It's all off camera. Right. And like, like I get it. Like, you got to get him in a suit. But then they cut to, they, they start talking to the... Um, uh, so they, so, okay, so what happens is, okay, he steals a Santa suit, and he's, looks like he's on a plan to go finish what Billy didn't do, which was kill Mother Superior. So here's the problem. Mother Superior is a different actress, right? It's right. not the same person. So now she has leprosy, too. Well, no, she has a stroke. Yeah, but that's... Right, no, right. At, at no point did they say she had a stroke and she got burned somehow. Right. Explain the burn on her face. Well, yeah, it's more than burns. It looks like leprosy. Right, but you could have said she was burned. Burned. Yeah. She had a stroke while she was cooking, cooking dinner right, and burned herself. Face, Just yeah. anything, but they don't tell you. This poor woman's all lumped up on one side of her face. Because she was, she was, a, she was fine in the well, first. Wait, movie. She's crippled. Yeah, but she's no, crippled at the end of the first. Of course, and you, and you, and again, because they've shown you so much of the first movie, yeah. including the ending, you can see that she is. She didn't. She wasn't disfigured. Right. You know. Yeah. Was it three years ago? Four years ago? Four years, years ago. Four years so ago. She had a stroke. But, I mean, the thing is, you can say, well, okay, well, this woman's got a, a broader face. She's actually a different height. Like, literally, Mother Superior, not only did she now get somehow lumped up on one side of her face and her features changed drastically, including her eye color, um, but she actually has gotten shorter and wider. Um, but all of that aside, if you had explained, hey, she had a stroke while she was, you know, doing something and she got severely burned, and that's why, say that. Just say that. Right. It's a throwaway two-second line. Just say it. But Sister Mary never says that. So we're like, what happened? Like, I'm confused at this point. Because I've seen this movie once. And I'm, I remember going, God, that was just showing you the first movie again. And I forgot that she had the the, the burn or the leprosy or whatever it was, right? Well, again, I call it leprosy because that's what it looks like. I mean, a but burn. It, it could be a burn. It could be a burn, yeah. She's anything. all lumped up. I mean, whatever it is, she's lumped up. But you see, leprosy to me, I mean, it, because they didn't tell you. I mean. But it's only on one side of her face. On one side, yeah. That's where, like, uh, that's why I thought a burn might make more sense. Yeah. Like the way Donald Pleasance is burned yeah, in, the, in yeah. the Halloween movies yeah. after part two. Yeah. Um, so now he's dressed, so he goes and he's going to stalk down now Mother Superior. Now, she's now living in a home. Somehow, magically, he has her address. Yeah, and gets and it, and the address is 666. Six, six. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, right? A nun's going to live in a house that says 666. Six, six. Yeah. I mean, all they were missing was Mockingbird Lane following it, and, uh, you know, he could have been there. Um, so, all right, folks, we got a phone call. got to hang on. Give us one second. And we're back. Okay, so uh, so now Ricky's got the suit on. He's there at the house. We don't know why Mother Superior's got a lumped-up face, and she's definitely a different person. And somehow someone who's in a wheelchair who lives by herself is now in a two-story house for some reason with no way of getting down the stairs. No, there's no chair. There's no nothing. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I think it's the house they had available to them or apartment they had available to use, which I think might have been actually someone's house. 
So anyway, so um, uh, Ricky breaks in, and of course, Sister is her usual chipper self, um, yelling at him because that works so well with Billy that he nearly murdered her in cold blood on Christmas four years earlier. Let me yell at this kid who clearly is unhinged, and there's not necessarily anyone there to stop him. So um, she he okay. So she manages to like try to lock him out, and she's slamming the door on him. She gets the door closed, and he starts smashing the door down. I'm like... Yeah, she puts the lock on the door. Right. Like, like that was going to stop him. Right. We, like, but he, he clearly has an axe. He's going to... He's going his axe and ways through the door. Um, and uh, so we... Um, sorry. Uh, so, okay. So he chased her throughout the house, and he knocks her down. She goes down the stairs, but she's he swings with the axe, and she goes down the stairs, and the axe gets caught in the wheelchair, and he can't get the axe out of the wheelchair. And so she gets down the stairs, you know, falls on the stairs, gets into the wheelchair at the bottom of the stairs, and starting to wheel away. So he gets the axe free, gets downstairs, and that's when he decapitates her, right? So he's now decapitated her, right? And then puts the head back on top of the body. Yeah, and then has now cleaned up all the blood and put the head on top of the body. So that now, and doesn't leave. So that Sister Mary gets there now with the cop, and she goes to touch, touch Sister Superior, and the head falls off, which... Again, as a, as a you know, psych gag of the 80s, very 80s kind of psych gag, right? Um, and, oh boy. So, so they discovered that the uh, uh, the scene, is a screaming rookie leaps out and prepares to attack, but is shot down and, and knocked out the patio door. You shoot him out the patio door, right? Um, Sister Mary has now collapsed, right, from this. She wakes up, and the police officer tells her, he's gone, sister, it's over. And she turns and looks and sees the severed head of Mother Superior, which she lets out a blood-curdling scream. At that point, we cut back to Ricky, who has been shot and appeared to be dead, but he opens his eye and smiles deviously at the camera, indicating that he is not dead. And then the final shot shows, of course, Billy's arm dressed in a Santa suit, plunging a knife into the screen before it freezes in the credits roll. It's like, oh, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, this movie, not quite nearly as good as the first one, obviously, um, would, in fact, spawn a sequel... And then two more. There's a three, a four, and a five. Um, you know that come after this, and they are not good. As bad as this is, oh, they, get was, they get worse. Okay. They get worse. Um, because he's not dead. No, oh right. no, he's not dead. Because in three, he wakes up from the coma, and then there's a blind girl, oh. and you're saying to yourself, "Going, this sounds really exciting." It's not. <laughs> it went right to video. Oh. Um, well, you know, the thing, thing we if you back up just uh, just a little bit before he goes on uh, this this. Uh, Killing sister nasty, um, you knew he had to kill the doc, and uh, the, the one of the scenes you see is that when the, when the as it goes back to uh, back to the uh, to the, the interrogation room is that the doc had his is his, got his neck. Yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, where did he get the knife? I don't know. Okay. No, no. Where did he get the knife? That was the other thing. And then he he walks out now. In the very beginning of this, well, you movie, hear a cop. Oh, no. Hey, he's getting well, out. And he, the very beginning of this movie, there is an orderly that comes into the room, doesn't say a word. Big, huge guy, and his, he's emoting, "I hate you" with his eyes. Don't you even think about coming after me. And but he never says a word. When he leaves, he gets out of the room. First of all, the room is not locked. He gets out of the room. Is it? Is that the orderly that he kills? Because. Some, somebody says something, but they, nobody's chasing him. Yeah, no, he just goes. No. He just goes out. It is. I I found this movie 
again, because the, it had so much of the first movie in it, it I didn't find it as, as, as bad as it could have been had it just just had one or two quick snippets back to the beginning, back to the original, and, and then go on. Because the acting in this movie is so pathetic that you, you can't, in good conscience, say, boy, that was a good movie. But as a whole, it was okay. It was just, just. I mean, I'm sitting there saying, yeah. it was okay. I mean, there are far worse movies in this. Yeah, that's right. There are Battle far worse. Earth comes to mind. And you know, the thing is, he is at this point. At, so some of the, the like when he's uh, <clears throat> when he's confronting the uh, uh, the gangster and and some and the some of the other. He is a big dude. Matter of fact, the Ricky, not Ricky, um, Chip says, "Oh, you're going out with Kong." Yeah. Right. And because he is big. I mean, yeah. he is he is big. Yeah. And so he got the role because he yeah. looked good. Yeah. yeah. Now. Has he been in anything else? Um, not really. Oh, no, uh, I'm saying. It, I think this is. Let me see. Eric Freeman's his name. That's Eric Freeman. Oh, he was born July 13th, just like me. Yeah, but he's he's a smidge older. He's he's uh, 55. So his filmography doesn't exist. Career. Uh, let's see. Um, other work. Um, he made a guest appearance in Superboy, the TV show. He played Peter in The Woman Called Tiger's Eye, an episode of In Living Color. He was on an episode of Dangerous Curse. So, no. I'm saying no. I mean, I'm sure he's a very nice person, but he, um, oh, no. He returned to acting in 2016, appearing in the TV movie A Husband for Christmas. Sounds like a Hallmark original. (laughs) Another Um, Christmas movie. Yes. Maybe that's his gig. Hey, you know, some people make those. Like, I'll be honest with you. Lacey Charbet, after, you know, know, not quite becoming the actress she thought she was going to be after Party of Five, has made her niche making sci-fi, uh, not sci-fi, good lord, uh, Hallmark and uh, life, you know, Hallmark, you know, Christmas movies and stuff. Danica uh, and Danica McKellar, even though she was Winnie Cooper and whatever, and she's a brilliant mathematician, makes those movies. There's a good money to be made, but he's only made one, which tells me he's not maybe very good at them right. because the same people are in them over and over. And anyway, the thing is, um, this movie is right now considered to be a comedy, and it's considered to be one of the. I mean. It's in the level of Trolls 2 bad. And Trolls 2, you don't even understand how bad that is. That, but like, oh no, they're coming for me. Like, it's that bad. Like, and it is considered to be one of the, um, it's, it's got a cult following because every bad movie does. Right. And it's considered to be a comedy, which it clearly is not. And the problem is, like the original Sharknado, which people thought was a comedy, and then you watch it, it's played straight. The director's like, I made a great movie. Everyone loves it. They go, no, no, you, they think you're making a comedy. But I didn't make a comedy. So the, the, the follow-ups became comedy, became parody, became insane. Like Ian Ziering jumping through the sky with a 20-foot-long chainsaw, cutting a great white in half, like impossible, right? right? But I'm saying is, so that's what happened. This, the, the original, was not considered to be a comedy by any stretch of imagination. It was controversial. It, like, it made a lot of, it didn't make a lot of money, but it made a lot of headlines, right? And controversy creates cash. This one is not a comedy, and the sequels are not comedies. So no one took this to be wink, wink at the camera. The, the end of the movie where he looks at the camera or whatever, that used to happen a lot of 80s movies. They used to be like, oh, let's show him the killer's not dead because they thought we could make another sequel to this. I don't know how they thought they were. I mean, they did, but how they thought, wow, this movie's going to make a lot of money. Well, like, but I'm a hundred thousand dollar investment. If they had made, a, if they had spent a hundred thousand and made five million, they would have made oh five million. If they had made a million, it would have been insane. But the the chance of making a million dollars on this, like, there's no way they could have believed they were going to yeah, do you're it. Right? If they had come out like a year later, 
Right after. after. Right after. Right after. Because, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like they had, they had, uh, uh, they had half the movie was already made. Yeah. Just had to spice it together. And if you had come out right after, now the problem is they couldn't because there was too much controversy. The parents group, I mean, right. Tipper Gore led that those charge. I mean, she was a useless, you know, uh, there as she was anything else. Right. It was all this push. These, you can't have kids seeing Santa Claus killing people. Okay. But then this comes out and no one cared. No one cared. I mean, it came out in May, but like, when, or whatever, you know, it came out in the spring, but no one cared about this. And the sequels, they care even less. They went right to the DVD. No one cared. Yeah. So, but they probably made money. I don't know about that. It's hard to... I, I mean, they wouldn't have made a... a, a what you say? Three more? Yeah, well, they made three. I don't even know if four even... Uh, five, I don't five even ties in. I have them all. Well, it doesn't I'm, have to tie in, mean, but if it comes out on DVD, it might be real cheap to put it out on DVD and people just right. buy them. Well, Silent Night, Daily Night 3, better watch out. Um, that was made in 89... Um, it doesn't have anything about the budget or Bill Mosley's in it. I mean, they had a way better oh, cast. Yeah. Bill Mosley, Robert Culp. You actually have people who know how to act yeah. in the movie, right? Um, it actually might be better. That might be what we're reviewing next year for Christmas. Um, I don't know. I can't imagine it's worse, Dad. I, I don't think I, I may, if I've seen it, it's once. I don't even remember seeing it. Um, and then Silent Night, Dead Night 4, Initiation, and Silent Night, Dead Night 5, The Toy Maker, um, they came later. And this is the disc I have. It's all three of them in full screen presentation with no special feature, which sounds about exactly right. Um, and they're all... I'll get this way. This certainly is... We've reviewed now three movies in this series. The remake, which was Silent Night, which is the one with um, uh, Roddy, um, Roddy, Roddy McTowell. Who's, who's the... Who plays the sheriff? It's Jamie King and whatever. That way the guy's got the blow, like a flamethrower. Oh, right. That movie was, again, we laughed at some of the stuff when we put the girl in the wood chipper and stuff like that, but it wasn't funny, but it was like, okay, it's kind of nuts. But that movie was nuts, and it was violent and bloody and gory and whatever. Then we watched the original and the uncut version, and it's a good movie. It makes sense. It's held tightly together. The acting's good. This sets the bar way lower. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, for Christmas movie, we did Santa Slay mm -hmm. with Goldberg, which was funny because there's only Jewish actors in a Christmas movie, right. that kind of thing, and whatever, but... For a Christmas movie, I'm like, okay, so some people have said, like, oh, I love that movie. I don't know if anyone loves this. Maybe someone does. Maybe someone's like, no, and I don't mean ironically love this, ladies and gentlemen. If you're going to write me a letter and say, oh, I love this movie because it's so funny, that's ironically liking this. I mean really actually like this, like the way you would like an actual good movie. If you do, please let us know because I want to meet the person who's not the star of this movie who likes this movie because you know what the star of this movie liked it because he got paid. You know, kind of thing. Well, how do they get paid? I mean, if you look at this, the, is an actual film in the recent theaters. They get they get paid a sal they get paid salary. Yeah, probably, I mean, but basement. I mean, the thing is, they, when when you when the when the credits roll, there's like 25, 30 people in the movie. Actually, in this particular movie, it's only like five. So they're what they're redoing is they're redoing the credits, the, the the credits from the first one. Yeah. But I think that what they did was they said, "Hey, you want a free lunch? Let's make a movie." I don't know. I don't know. I it's, mean, it's, it's it's hard. I mean, <laughs> Lee Harry, who is the who made this movie. Um, he is literally known for making this movie and a movie called Street Soldiers, which I don't think I've ever seen. Um, he did uh, some short films recently. I mean, it's just, there's nothing here. Like, I'm looking at this and it's like, you know, when your Wikipedia page, literally, I can see the top and bottom without moving it. Uh -huh. That's a bad sign. Um, I'm just saying. So, uh, yeah. like I said, Jay, I, when I watch this movie. Oh, no, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. And we right. definitely have watched way worse movies yeah. than this. It's just. 
It's a shame because the first few scenes when he's young, when he's the boy and he's the teenager are not bad. And then we get to be when he's the adult, it's just too hammy. Right. If he was more serious, I think some of the, the kills would make, be, would be kind of like, okay, like you kind of could get away with, you know, the fact he's going to electrocute him with a thing that can't actually electrocute you. Or I mean, then when he's, when he's shooting people, he's not shooting them because they're doing anything wrong. He's literally just shooting people yeah. for no you reason. Know, you know it's just you, nonsensical. I think, you know what you needed here is, you know, you, you get a you get a, a movie star like uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, when he first started, he was in lowbrow comedy, and he did losing uh, buddies on TV, on TV and, stuff. and stuff like that. If you had had someone who became famous later on, right, in this movie, yeah. and acted like like a like serious actor, a serious actor, it would have been much better. Yeah, but but you but know, no, but okay, but that's what happened with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Four Generations. It has Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, and they made that movie, and then they shelved it for, like, it seemed like forever and a day. And then Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger became really famous, so they put it out. And when you watch the movie, Renee Zellweger is annoying as hell, because she is annoying as hell. That's the way she acts. She's just acting like Matthew McConaughey acts like he's insane, because Matthew McConaughey's kind of insane. I mean, he's not naked playing bongo insane in this movie, but he's pretty close. So what I'm saying is, but they act, it wasn't like their acting was like, oh my God, atrocious. The movie's just poor. Well, again, but, it's, but the thing is, it wasn't them being bad actors making it right. poor. The well, let's just go poor. back. Let's go back to when we, like, we, 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 had talk, we had done that with the Friday the 13th with Kevin Bacon. That had to be one of his very first yeah. acting roles. And yet, I mean, other than the fact that he gets killed in probably the best way in the movie, his acting wasn't bad. Now, and let's say he, he was in, in, in this movie and acted like a, like a, a regular guy and not try to ham it up. It, it, yeah. it, it would have right. elevated. That's what I'm saying. Is you just because the movie itself does not is not uh, have a lot of production value, or whatever, or in fact maybe not even that great a movie by way of how it's shot or how it's whatever, because the director maybe doesn't understand what they're doing or their DP doesn't whatever. Or they have a DP. I mean, it's possible you could have. I mean, the director when when the director writes, directs, produces. Like uh, edits, like you, you have one person, and so if he can't see what's wrong, yeah. that's what happens sometimes. But you can always have good roles come out of them. But be this it may, folks, I'm, it's Christmas. I'm not looking to bury no, you know no. another movie here. Um, but uh, so well, the thing is, I think we're running out of. No, no, no. There's plenty of Christmas stuff. We haven't done Christmas Evil. We haven't done no, 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 three, no. four, and five of this series. No, I know. But we have, I think we might have. We might no, be we're out of Thanksgiving movies. That's what we're out of. I think. So, but I'm not saying is we, we will be able to do. I will be able to find Christmas movies. There are plenty of Christmas movies that I can get. Even if they're. And they'll definitely be B movies. They may not be killer Santa Claus movies, but we haven't done Jack Frost, Jack Frost well, 2. I was about you to know, say. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, where they are played. Like tongue in cheek, you know, like in where it's all double entendre and whatever kind of thing. But those were made that way, and they're super, super cheap. But anyway, so uh, like I said, folks, this is the Christmas movie. Now, uh, obviously, uh, we're wrapping up the year. We have one more episode left, and that's the Christmas. That's uh, that's Christmas Eve. That's the New Year's Eve. We always kind of put out something that's a little out there. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to tell you this: when you hear Dad and I talk with this, and yes, Dad is doing it. I know. Usually, I have somebody on. We had, like, Luke on to do your Hunter for the Future. We did Saturn 3, stuff like that, right? Uh, you and I are going to bookend this year with a movie that makes sense when you realize the bookends of the year kind of thing. And so I'm not going to tell people what it is, and we're just going to watch it, and we'll talk about it. So in a few days, come back, and you're going to end the year uh, here on Two True Freaks Network with um, our year-end episode. And we're getting pretty close to episode 100, and I'm keeping wraps on what episode 100 is going to be. Um, and it'll happen sometime in the new year, but when I when we 
when I let it out there and I'm hoping people will say, oh, that sounds like a great idea. But I'm not going to tell you yet because, again, there's got to build some mystery, some suspense here. I want to, you know, i got to tease it, you know, kind of thing, right? So, all right, so I think we're good on this one, folks. Um, like I said, we'll be back here for you guys on New Year's. And then we're, of course, in the new year, uh, you know, all new stuff for 2021, um, you know, kind of thing. Getting, uh, you know, all over the, over the kind of place movies. If this is a movie you like, maybe you... Are you one of the 17 people who bought a ticket to this movie? Right? If you are, let me know. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you had, hey, I loved the first one. I went and saw the second one theater. Man, was it bad. Or, man, it was a lot of fun. Or, man, I was on a date. Or whatever. You know, just keep it within the realms of the show. And we'll gladly like to hear from you. So, like, you know, if you have some remembrances of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, I mean, the poster is not nearly as good. This poster is literally, as I'm showing to my dad, just the... the the guy with a handgun in the ornament, not nearly as cool as the Santa Claus arm at the top of the chimney. And that was, of course, part of the problem with this. So, right. Anyway, folks, uh, so that about wraps it up for us here. Um, we'll be back with you the, uh, for the end of the year on New Year's, and we'll get you guys going in 2021. So, like we say here, folks, keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti. And search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Giaconetti. And you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. 
There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow.